Hi everyone, this is Holly McLean uh, with Parenting News and the Culture War. And today is August 26th, I think it is. It's Thursday. And we're going to be talking about some warnings about your, your pediatrician, your child's pediatrician. They may be teaching your child gender theory, so I want to tell you about that. There is more reasons why the CDC does not make common sense, and I'm sure you already know that, but we're going to talk a little bit about the newest thing that is another indication of that. Um, also, the Wiggles. Do your children watch the Wiggles? There is a warning about them, unfortunately, so I want to tell you about that. Also, preschool, just because your child's in preschool doesn't necessarily mean everything is going to be ABCs, 1, 2, 3s, and so on. We're going to see a little bit about that. So you want to be, that's another warning for people sending their children to preschool. And a chemistry teacher tells students that their parents are stupid and they don't need to listen to them. Yeah, we're going to talk about that too. And then we have dimwits and darlings, of course. So stay tuned for all of that. So I wanted to also ask y'all, if you're watching this, you're probably one of the very few right now, because I just started this channel, not very many people know about it, and the way that you can help spread the news is to subscribe and share. I'd really appreciate it if you take a minute to do that, and you know, I could be like Matt Walsh, he's my favorite podcaster, and I mention him quite a bit because he is, I could say, hit that subscribe button, like, do it. So I'm going to do that. Please do hit, hit that subscribe button. Um, also, I wanted to let you know just early in this episode that I'm going to be, I just applied to start a Moms for Liberty chapter here in the Kansas City area because there isn't one. If you don't know what they are, I really suggest you look up Moms for Liberty. And if you're in the Kansas City area and you're interested in being a part of that, I'd love it if you join me. So let me know if you are interested in that. And by the way, if you hit the subscribe button, the first 10 people who hit that and make a comment below and say, I subscribed, I will send you a free copy of my book. So that would be um, How to Train Your Child to Behave, which you can see back there on my shelf there. <laughs> so uh, I'll send you a free copy, the first 10 people that do that, and you have to do it by the end of this week. So first 10 people that put I subscribed in the comments below, I will send you a free copy of my book. All right, I wanna go back to talking just a little bit about the masks before, the masks on children at school before I um, get started on that other stuff. And the reason is because I looked up how many children are in the United States. Something happened with one of my own children and he was a little bit upset because one of the things that was going on at his school is that there was a, an edict sort of that applied to all the students because one student did something wrong. And so all the other students had to change the way that they were doing what they had been doing in the past. They had to completely change that because one student did the wrong thing. So instead of taking that one student and saying no to that one student and making a, a, some kind of issue with that, all the students had to have uh, this, this situation. I don't wanna go into the details of it, but I thought, you know, that's kind of what's happened with the whole mask thing and the children in school, right? So I looked up how many children are under 18 in the United States. 
And the, the statistic that I found was 73 million. So there are 73 million children in the United States. And of that number, according to the CDC, so this is not misinformation unless you think the CDC is misinformation, 400, as of August 23rd, which is a few days ago, 471 children had died of COVID. Now that is including all children, meaning if your child was in this statistic and your child had an immune deficiency problem, for instance, they're being treated with cancer, with ca cancer treatments or whatever it might be that's causing their immune system to not work as well, or if they have some kind of uh, issue with that anyway, this is including all children 17 and under that have died of COVID, 471 out of 73 million. Now, I, I did the, statistics, the, uh, the percentages for that, and that's not 1% of the population or 0.1% of the population or 0.01% of the population. It's 0.0006%. of the children 17 and under have died of, of COVID. That is a very tiny, tiny, tiny number of, of people who've died of COVID. And the reason this is significant and the reason I'm relating it to the other thing is because when a teeny weeny weeny amount of people have an issue that is to the point where you need to do something, usually that's not the case. If a teeny weeny weeny number of, of people have a problem that is fatal, let's say, you don't change the world of 73 million people because of that. No, you don't do that. But that's what's being done. That's what's being done. All 73 million are in uh, danger, I guess, of being mandated to wear masks all day long in school because 0.0006% maybe had a serious enough issue where they would have died from this, this, um, COVID. Okay. Now this is another piece of non misinformation. This is not misinformation. My opinion is that that's not a valid reason to make children wear masks over their face all day. That's not. And the fact also that most of the children that get COVID have no symptoms or very mild symptoms, much like the flu. One of my children got COVID. Well, several of my children have gotten COVID, but they're adults um, and they've been fine. You know, they have the flu symptoms. They, you know, they do their thing. They quarantine like they're supposed to or whatever. But um, <clears throat> my, my youngest child that had COVID and had any symptoms from it was 17 when he had it. He got over it, you know. He was kind of tired for a few days and whatever. And, and that was it, you know, no big deal. And that's the way it is for most people. So I'm saying let's, let's be reasonable about how we make policies and, and guidelines in, in general. But the CDC isn't, right? They aren't. Now, I, I think many of you have heard that it's going up. Children are, uh, the cases of children having COVID and having problems forever are going up. But I want to suggest something. I looked up the statistics for that too. 
And a lot of the problem that's going on with some of the children, some children, still a very small number, still a very small number, but they're getting RSV, which is a, a respiratory virus, a common respiratory virus. And it's been around for a long time and it, can, it, is, it is serious. I mean, infants, very serious for infants and very serious for elderly people. RSV is a serious virus. But the deal is RSV causes children to go to the hospital and they need to be treated, which is reasonable and whatever. But they're, if they have RSV and they're also diagnosed with COVID, then they're considered, of course, a COVID case, right? But if they didn't have COVID, but they had RSV, they'd probably be in the hospital anyway with it. it they, they probably would be. Or if they had just COVID and not RSV, they probably wouldn't be in the hospital. Statistically, statistically, they probably wouldn't be, these children. But they're saying, see, more children are coming to the hospital because they have COVID. Well, okay, not really. If you look at the, if you look at the stats, not really. It's RSV that's causing more children to go into the hospital. And they also have COVID. Okay, not as many of them just have COVID. That's, no, because usually that isn't the problem with children. Now, this is not a misinformation. Look it up on the CDC yourself. Look it up. Okay, and we're not going to go into any further, but I just wanted you to know, I think that children are safe. We don't need to mask them. We don't, in my opinion, we don't need to mask them and we don't need to vaccinate them against COVID because it's not a serious enough risk to them. Now, if you are older, you, obesity is a big part of it, by the way. If 78%, this is a statistic I heard today, look it up yourself if you don't believe me. 78% of the people who are hospitalized with COVID are obese too, under the category of obese. So obesity does cause more issues with COVID. That's a fact. It does. And so if you have one of those kind of issues, you're elderly, you have other, you have diabetes, you have other respiratory issues and so on, I think it's wise to consider getting the vaccine. I think that's fine, but I think everybody should be able to look at their own health risks and, and also the risks of the vaccine. There are some risks with the vaccine, um, and look those up yourself and make a decision for yourself. And if someone doesn't want to get it, leave them alone, right? Let them make their own decision. That's my deal. Okay. So now we're going to go on. <laughs> um, I wanted to show you this, this short little clip of some other clips I took of Dr. Fauci and how he keeps changing what he's saying. People should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course, and... of course. You need some supplementation to just physical distancing. And that's the reason why some time ago, the recommendation was made, I believe it was Dr. Redfield at the CDC who first said that, about getting some sort of a covering. We, we don't want to call it a mask because back then we were concerned we'd be taking masks away from the healthcare providers, but some sort of mask-like facial covering 
I think for the time being should be a very regular part of how we prevent the spread of infection. See the level coming down really, really very low. I want it to keep going down to a baseline that's so low that there's virtually no threat, or not no, it'll never be zero, but a minimal, minimal threat that you will be exposed to someone who is infected. If you listen to what he's saying, think about that for a minute. What different things do we know about masks than we knew when he first was saying no need to wear masks? It might, it might stop a droplet, maybe. It's not a big deal. And then the guy says, and there's schmutz inside the mask, right? Like, in other words, there's carbon dioxide holding in there. There's bacteria holding in that mask. Um, he's saying, oh, yes, of course, of course, right? And then it's, well, maybe we should wear masks. And then it's, and, and it goes on, which I don't, I didn't put all the clips. It was that now we need to wear double masking. And it's just one thing after another with him. And he is this health director we're supposed to listen to. I don't, I don't see why he has any credibility at this point at all. So I just wanted to say, instead of listening to the guidelines and the recommendations, instead of looking at the headlines that the media puts out, look at the statistics and look at the studies and make your decision based on that because you're going to hear all kinds of stuff from them. They're going to say double mask and then triple mask and then get this booster and that booster and another booster and it's going to keep going because COVID's not going away. It's just not. So you need to just think about looking at all the data yourself and making your decision from that, not from what these people say because they say something different every other day, right? Okay, <clears throat> now the warning that I wanted to give you about pediatrician, the pediatricians is something that I saw. I had never heard of this um, before, um, but I saw it on Matt Walsh, one of my favorite podcasts my favorite podcaster. He just absolutely is my favorite. Um, and he was talking about this doctor here. This doctor, his name is Scott Hadland. He put out a tweet saying children should wear masks in school, period. You know, that's the way it is. In the background of the picture, you can see that little poster. There's a pink elephant there. And so I looked that up because that was pointed out. Um, so I looked that up to see what that was about. And actually, this is what I found. This is the poster that it is. It's a gender elephant. And this is teaching or telling doctors a way to talk to children about gender th issues. So this is supposed, this is actually from a Canadian company, a Canadian group. The gender elephant is a product of the Canadian Center for Gender and Sexual Diversity and is meant to help people learn and teach the concept of gender identity, gender expression, sex, physical attraction, and romantic attraction to children. That's why there's a pink elephant, because that's supposed to be attractive to children to be interested in or whatever. So I thought you might want to know about that, because if you see that poster in your pediatrician's office, I would suggest you get another pediatrician. Because you don't want your, ch your child to be treated by somebody that's going to teach them all that stuff. If a child is young enough to need a pink elephant to be interested in the subject, they're too young to be talking about all that stuff. That should not be on their mind. They should not be thinking about that. And so um, just wanted to let you know that that is a warning that I wanted you to know. Oh, you know what? I forgot to put myself back on there. 
<laughs> so you got plenty of that gender elephant, didn't you? Okay, <clears throat> now talking again about some of these uh, organizations that we're supposedly supposed to listen to, like the CDC and the AMA and the AAP, under the uh, CDC, there's the National Center of, for Environmental Health. And you know, we keep, I keep trying to say, I know you guys are, you guys are smart enough to think, what is common sense, right? There's not a lot of it around, right? But when these organizations, government agencies or whatever, do things that are against common sense every time they do it, I want to point it out, just like the breastfeeding group that is supposedly the breastfeeding um, gurus were saying that now it's not breastfeeding, it's chest feeding, or you're not a breastfeeding mom, you're a lactating parent. And they even have father's milk. How ridiculous is that? There's no common sense to it whatsoever, right? So their credibility goes in the toilet when that happens. The CDC's pl had plenty of things that have made theirs go in the toilet. But here's, here's another thing that you might wanna consider. This is another thing I heard on the Daily Wire. Um, the National Center for Environmental Health wanted to tell people about how to prepare for a hurricane. And as a parent, you want to listen to organizations that are going to give you good advice about your child's health and so on. So if this is the, <laughs> if these are the recommendations, ask yourself, do these people have common sense? So the steps to prepare for a hurricane, the first step is prepare for a hurricane. <laughs> this is what Matt Walsh pointed out, and I was like, that is so funny. That's step one. Step one to prepare for a hurricane is prepare for a hurricane. Step two, before anything else, get your COVID-19 vaccine. That's step two in preparing for a hurricane. No, it's not get your emergency supplies together. It's not make a plan to evacuate. It's not cover up your windows with boards. It's not make sure your neighbors are safe. No, step two, a hurricane's coming, get your COVID vaccine. Okay, step three is get your emergency supplies, right? This is why people don't trust the CDC. This is why, there's no common sense to that. Now, again, the last one, once the hurricanes hit and you need to make sure everybody's okay, right? Then you need to sh be sure as you check on your neighbors that you continue to social distance. Wear your mask and social distance when the hurricane is hit and you're checking on your neighbors. Okay, this is why. Do you think people who are in the midst of damage from a hurricane care about that? No, they don't. They don't. Again, this is why the CDC is something that I just like, I already noped them in another episode, so I won't this time. But, you know, if you're a parent and you want some guidelines and recommendations, I personally don't trust the CDC at all because they just don't have common sense. They just don't. Okay, so <clears throat> next I wanted to talk to you about a warning about the Wiggles. Your children might be some of those young kids that like the Wiggles. If you don't know what the Wiggles are, they're a group from Australia. I believe it's Australia. They started years ago, and they were these guys who wore different color shirts, and they sang fun little songs for the kids, and the kids really liked those, especially preschool kids, you know, preschool kids like that. 
and yet they have become woke like everybody else, unfortunately. So um, I wanted you to see this. This is a clip, and if you listen carefully, they, they've introduced some characters, and honestly, I didn't go into all of it because this is enough for me, but they, they introduced these characters, and they're starting to use these pronouns to go with them, like using a uh, plural pronoun for a singular person, like using they instead of he or she, right? So you can hear this guy. He's, he's starting to say she or he uh, for this character, and he stops himself, and he says here, and then he says they, because he, he knows in his mind this is plural, they is a plural pronoun, but I'm supposed to say plural, and this is a singular thing. You can hear him hesitate. <laughs> He's, oh, yeah, I have to say this woke thing. I want you to listen to this. Watch. One last friend that loves to be around the SS Feather Sword. Now, here they come right now. It's Shirley Sean the Unicorn, and Shirley Sean has their own boat. <laughs> Whoa! Ahoy there, Captain! Scrumptious. That's what Shirley Sean likes to say. Scrumptious. <laughs> See, did you hear him do that? He went here, they. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Wiggles um, have gone woke, and I don't really know when they went woke because I never really paid attention. But it has come to my attention. I try to let you all know what's going on. So if you have your children watching the Wiggles, you might wanna. Uh, not do that anymore. Okay, next I wanted to tell you about a preschool teacher. I used to teach preschool. That was back in the 80s, like 82, 83, somewhere in there. I taught preschool for about a year and I really loved it. It was really fun to do. Um, now you have to be really careful. I'm sure back then you probably should have been careful. But you really have to be careful about who is teaching your children preschool. And I want to suggest that if your preschool teacher of your child has piercings all over their face and their ears and everywhere, uh, maybe that might be some indication that you might be careful about, <laughs> about their judgment calls. Um, but this is a preschool teacher who doesn't seem to think the ABCs, one, two, threes, shapes and colors are the thing that's most important. And so I want you to listen to her and then we'll talk about that. Story time. This has been my first year in preschool with a class of my own, teaching alongside another queer neurodivergent educator. And we have been rocking our twos class. We've been talking about gender and skin color and consent and empathy and our bodies and autonomy. It's been fabulous. But our teaching team is shifting and a new person is being onboarded, someone with many years of experience. So today at the lunch table, when the topic of gender and genitals came up, one of our students plainly looked up and said, well, I'm a girl today, but I know that teacher Ko isn't. No, they're Enby. And the look on the incoming teacher's face was priceless. She was shocked in a good way. And she just looked around at the two of us and said, this class is incredible. And I am so impressed. Okay. First, I want to say that display at the end shows that she should be in the preschool class instead of teaching it. 
Just saying. That's my opinion. I don't know if you feel that way, but I certainly do. Uh, but, did, you know, you notice and you think about this. She's not excited about what her children are learning in her class about their ABCs and their numbers and their shapes and animals and colors. No, they're talking about gender, skin color, consent, our bodies, autonomy. Two-year-olds, two-year-olds, that's what they're spending time in preschool talking about. That is just, that's disturbing to me. And then why would the topic, she says they're sitting around at the lunch table and the topic, when the topic of gender and genitals comes up, I'm like, what, why is the, the topic of gender and genitals coming up while two-year-olds are sitting there at lunch? And she acts like, that's just normal. That's just normal stuff. I'll tell you what, it's not normal stuff. It's, it's unfortunately becoming the norm, but it's not normal. It's taught because that's what they're putting into these children's heads. To, and that's why it's coming up. It, it shouldn't be coming up at a two-year-old's lunch table. And that the child knows what NB is. NB is, um, it stands for non-binary NB, even though they spell it like E-N-B-E or something like that. And I looked that up so that I would have it right. These people do not identify with male or female genders. So they have another teacher in their preschool like that, I suppose, and usually prefer they as a pronoun. They are neither men nor women and should not be regarded as such. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Preschool, preschool teaching right now. There are men and there are women, and that's all there are. There are men and there are women. And if someone doesn't understand that, they shouldn't be teaching preschool. Seriously. That's my opinion anyway. Uh, so the, re the reason I'm kind of moving into this is... I wanted you to see a recording of a teacher, and she is a um, chemistry teacher, a high school chemistry teacher. If you haven't seen this yet, you're going to be pretty shocked at it, but I wanted you to see this teacher and what she was telling the students in her class. You're going to be pretty shocked, I think, if you haven't seen it yet. We'll talk about it when I get when it's done here. Just a minute. We'll just keep getting delta. We'll just keep getting variants over and over and over until people get vaccinated. It's never going to end. Exactly. It could end in five seconds if people would get vaccinated. I hate Donald Trump. I'm gonna say it. I don't care what y'all think. Trump. No. <laughs> he is a sexual predator. He's a literal moron. <laughs> Go tattle on me to the freaking admins. They don't give a crap. No, he is not. Turn off the Fox News. Do you care so what? This is my classroom, and if you guys are going to put me at risk, you're going to hear about it. Because I have to be here. I don't have to be happy about the fact that there's kids coming in here with their variants that could possibly get me or my family sick. That's rude. And I'm not going to pretend like it's not. 
So don't ask me to. That's damn right. Most of y'all parents are dumber than you. I'm going to say that out loud. My parents are freaking dumb. Okay? And the minute I figured that out, the world opens up. You don't have to do everything your parents say, and you don't have to believe everything your parents believe, because most likely you're smarter than them. <laughs> you can believe what you want to believe, but keep it quiet in the ear, because I'm probably going to make fun of you. If you don't believe in climate change, get the hell out. I'll be dead. Okay? That's, that's, that's it. That you think that. You're the problem with the world. Okay? If you're a homophobe, get out. Thank you. Because I am the GSA faculty advisor. I love gay people. All LGBTQIA plus mother. If you don't like it, get out. I, if I hear you say a damn word against any of them, I will open a can. And I will make your life a living hell. And they know it. If you say shiz to any LGBTQ kid in the school, I will hear about it. And you will be in trouble. Okay. That was completely inappropriate, was it not? But I have some good news. After we talk about this, I have some good news, um, which is nice to finally have some good news, right? Did you hear that one student said, when she started going into political stuff, the student said, this is a chemistry class. Like, why are you talking about that, basically, is what she was saying. And that's when the teacher said, I don't care. Uh, the administrator, I can say whatever I want. You can tell the administrators if you want. Um, I think she's going to be sorry about that. In just a minute, I'll tell you about that. Um, did you also notice that she said, do your do you stop watching Fox News? Do your parents watch Fox News? Okay, well, what's wrong with watching that? You can watch anything you want. And she is basically, she was cussing at during it. She threatened them. You believe the way I believe or you keep quiet. And if you say something that I don't like, I'm going to make your, your life miserable. She's like threatening the children. If you believe differently than me and speak out against something that I don't believe, I'm going to make your life difficult. That is just so inappropriate in so many ways, is it not? And I don't, I'm not saying because she's a leftist. If she was on the right and threatened children who believed differently than her in the way that she did, that would be completely inappropriate, right? Or to put the parents down. Now, how hard do you... Do high school students' parents have it already, generally? And then they have a, a teacher at school saying to the kids, you don't need to listen to your parents. They're dumb. They're stupid. You're smarter than them. You don't have to listen to what they say. Can you imagine? I, oh, my goodness. But I have good news. She was actually let go. She's not a teacher anymore. Isn't that good news? Because she shouldn't be, should she? But part of the damage is already done, is it not? There are already children who have been in her class for years. And I don't think this is the first incident. This may be the first one that was filmed, the first one that was recorded. But clearly, this is the way that she was. And that's why this student probably decided to record her at some point. And this is something I'm going to say. 
If you do have a child in public school, I hope that you will make it clear to them that if they want to turn on a recording at any time, they should do it. Because this kind of stuff needs to be shown to parents and others when this kind of stuff's going on in a classroom. It's completely inappropriate. Another reason, take your children out of the public school, people. Seriously, just do it. You can do it. <laughs> but I understand some of you may have some, um, some discrepancies about that. Now, a couple, I think it was on episode two of Parenting News in the Culture War, I did show you a great teacher, and I'm going to show you him again because I have, I have some news about him. Um, his name was Byron Tanner Cross, and he addressed the school board who were considering, it was in Loudoun County, Virginia, I believe. Yeah, Loudoun County, Virginia. They were considering um, pushing the LGBTQ gender fluid garbage in his school. And he told them what he thought about that. And so I want you to see this. If you didn't see it from episode two, I'm going to show this little clip of him speaking. My name is Tanner Cross, and I'm speaking out of love for those who suffer with gender dysphoria. 60 Minutes this past Sunday interviewed over 30 young people who transitioned, but they felt led astray because lack of pushback or how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies in just three months. They are now detransitioning. It's not my intention to hurt anyone but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies like 80-40 and 80-35 because it will damage children, defile, defile the holy image of God. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. Wasn't he awesome? Well... I wanted to tell you what was going on with him. I told you I'd keep you up on that. Um, let me see. The school board at Loudoun County, Virginia, voted earlier this month to pass the measure that would expand the rights. This is, I, I don't like this saying, expand the rights. I, I don't know. It just seems like that's a positive thing to expand people's rights. But it isn't a positive thing expand the rights of transgender students in the county's schools. What it is, is it's giving them extra rights that other people don't have. It requires students and teachers to address students by their chosen pronoun, regardless of the student's biological gender. It also allows transgender students, athletes, to participate on teams based on their gender identity. So in other words, it's requiring this, according to um, Mr. Byron Cross and me and many others, it's requiring the teacher to lie to the students. That's what it is. And it says address students by their chosen pronoun. They can change that anytime they want. They can change it tomorrow. They can change it an hour from now. In one class, they could be a he. In the next class, they can be a she. In the next class, they'll be a they. And then there's all these other weird pronouns that aren't, I mean, that aren't even a actual true. They just were kind of made up. And the students can do that all they want. And the teachers just have to keep up with it, right? That's not all. Transgender students would, be, would use bathrooms and locker rooms based on their gender identity, which means just based on their preferences, whatever they choose. Critics say the policy forces students and teachers to violate their beliefs. Yes, it does. It's exactly what it does. And unfortunately, Loudoun County um, has adopted this now. Now, there was, uh, he was actually let go 
or uh, I guess put on suspension after this speech he gave back a couple months ago. And he took him to court and they had to reinstate him. So they did reinstate him. Um, <clears throat> let me see if I have that somewhere here. I thought I did. I hope I did. Eh, I guess I don't. Okay, so there is some pending litigation now uh, on this. Lawyers for teachers who have filed a lawsuit against the Loudoun County, Virginia School Board over its new policies regarding transgender students want enforcement of the policy to be suspended while the suit moves forward. The Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys filed a motion on Friday for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction. This was last week. So the teachers won't be subject to policy while the case is being litigated. Well, that's good. Loudoun County High School teacher Monica Gill and Smart's Middle Mill Middle School teacher Kim Wright are looking to join Leesburg Elementary School teacher Byron Tanner Cross, who you just saw, who was put on paid administrative leave after criticizing the then-proposed policy. Cross has since been reinstated after a judge ruled the suspension as likely unconstitutional. School officials have appealed the judge's ruling to the Supreme Court, which has not yet made a decision. Parents, if you are in the Loudoun County schools in Virginia and you haven't taken your students out yet, I, I don't know what you're waiting on. I really don't. It, that's just crazy that these school board members believe it's okay to let boys go in the girls' locker rooms, in the girls' bathrooms, and this is okay. Uh, it's, that's amazing to me. But, you know, we're going to have to start speaking out. And that's why I'm starting, I'm going to be starting this chapter, Moms for Liberty. I hope you're ready to do that. It isn't just about the schools. Moms for Liberty is also trying to push um, things in the government to reserve the rights of parents. So the government doesn't take over the rights of parents. And so I, I'm excited about getting that started. And I'm looking for people that are in the Kansas City, Missouri area who would like to be a part of that. So keep that in mind. I wanted you to see this other guy. This other guy's name is Simon Campbell. <clears throat> he was speaking to his school board. And you know what? I'm not sure where it is. I think it says on the video where it is. But this is the kind of passion and I, I guess I would say aggressiveness. I, I don't mean to be aggressive in a rude way or anything like that, but, but don't back down kind of thing that needs to start going on at the school boards uh, around the country. It just needs to start going on and at the city councils, okay? But watch this man really tell the way things should be and the way things, um, the way things are and the way things should be. Listen to him. I'm a Pensbury School District resident, Pensbury School District taxpayer. I'm also a former member of the Governing Board of Directors, 2009 to 2013. It's nice to see the old faces. I'm here to speak today. I believe, Gary, you said it was item KKK in the agenda book. Well, isn't that just a perfect, perfect summation of what it is I'm here to talk about? KKK, your proposed new school board policy seeking once again to limit the constitutionally protected speech of American citizens. Now, when I sat on this school board, I believe some of you old-timers might remember this, a union guy spoke at public comment for five minutes 
and ripped me a new one. He called me the bastard child of Margaret Thatcher. And I sat there and I said to myself, okay, fair enough, welcome to America. He considers me a bastard because I'm in the government. His logic is sound. Now, what happened was the superintendent and the school solicitor at the time freaked out and they didn't put the tape online the next day. And I called them up and I said, get the tape online now before we get sued for censorship. I yelled at the solicitor to, and I asked him what law school he went to because it was clearly constitutionally protected rhetorical hyperbole. I can cite the case if you'd like. And I said to Paul Long, the superintendent at the time, don't ever cut the tape again, Paul. And by the way, bastard child of Margaret Thatcher, I took it as a compliment. Now, you snowflakes apparently have a bigger problem with public comment. It seems to me that you think you can supersede the United States Constitution. Well, I've got news for you, school board president Benito Mussolini. Your power does not supersede that of the US Constitution and the First Amendment rights of the citizens of this great nation. Let's be very, very clear who has the power. Mr. It is Campbell, not government policy. Do not warn me or do not interrupt my time. That if, if you, you interrupt my time, personal insults like that again, my or time. if you personally direct your comments, you will Let be asked be very to clear. step away from I'm, the podium. I'm going to I am quote asked to you, you to make your comments, I'm but do not just do a name do not calling talk like over you me. just did. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. And I will, I will, caution, you, I will caution you, solicitor. There is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands because my right to critique your fascism, which is what this is, is constitutionally protected. There are emails, public record emails, in which the director of equity is lobbying and advocating for public comment to be censored in this school district. And you know what? You know what? Lobbying for it, advocating for it. We've got the school board president saying she'll do better at hitting the moot button in blatant violation of the Constitution for her lobbying and her advocacy of unconstitutional censorship. I want you, the school board, to terminate the employment of Dr. Charissa Gibson with immediate effect. terminated her employment, I want all of you to tender your resignations for hating on this country. We have a God-given constitutional right to critique you, and we can speak in any lawful tone that we see fit. And don't go looking around, Benito, because this is the United States of America. You have a good... Uh, one more thing. I want to make a verbal request right now for an unedited copy of the tape. So if any of you delete it, you're going to have a big legal problem. Good night. Well... 
that's the kind of passion that needs to be said, right? He was not allowing them to say, you have to, you can cut off his speech or anything like that. You, that's not okay. And unfortunately, there's been too many people who've allowed it. And it's allowed all the time, isn't it? It's allowed, it was, it was, in fact, I noticed that the other night. And I wish I would have known this. This, this man gave me some information I didn't know. The other night when there was the um, school board, or not school board, city council meeting that I showed you from Independence, Missouri, where I'm from, and the school board, or the uh, mayor was saying no personal attacks or, or whatever, no, no speaking directly to one or another school board member. <gasps> wow. I didn't know that this this could be cited and said no you can't say that we can we can address you if we want to <laughs> that's cool I, I'm, I'm just learning so much I thought that was great anyway <clears throat> as parents have that kind of passion and tr I don't think we should be rude you know I, I don't know the background of what went on with this but it sounds like they had been censoring people and he was just giving it to him for that and so that's the kind of passion we need. We need to start standing up and saying no to this stuff that's going on. Um, so because he did such an awesome job, I'm going to stamp him a culture warrior. So next we're going to have Dimwits and Darlings. Today we're going to, this is somebody I've kind of been saving. Um, I saw her a while back. It was back like in the spring or something. And I thought, I'm going to use her as a template parent at some point. This is Katie Porter. And just giving you her credentials or her uh, some information about her, you're going to know right away, of course she's a template parent. She is a Democrat representative from California. Yeah. Right, you can kind of figure there's issues there. Um, so her, you'll listen to what she has to say, and I'll talk about it a little bit after that, but her child has unnecessary and irrational fears because of her parenting. And I want you to hear what she had to say here. Uh, she's asking, she's asking a child for parenting advice as well. Just listen to her. I just wanted to ask you one question. My, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I have three kids. And I told my nine-year-old daughter that I was going to be with you. And I said, what do you think about the climate change? Climate change. And she said, the earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon. And I asked her how that made her feel. And she said it made her feel angry. What should I tell my daughter and how should I help her and the youngest generation bear the emotional toll of the actions that we're taking, fossil fuel companies are taking to destroy our planet? Well, it's, it, thank you for your question. Um, that's a big, big question. And I know that there are many young people who feel angry and sad because of all the things that some people are are doing to to this planet and to to our futures and to to the most affected people already today, and that's very understandable. 
it would be strange if we didn't feel that way because then we wouldn't have any empathy. Um, so I would, but of course, there is still much hope. And if we choose to take action, then we can do this. And there, I mean, there's unlimited things that we can do. And if we choose to act together, there are no limits to what we can accomplish. And of always the best um, medication against anger and anxiety is to take action yourself. So that's what I would tell her uh, to to take action herself because that will make her feel so much better. Okay, so I just want to unpack that a little bit before I give her the dimwit stamp. First, did you notice that what this woman did was her nine-year-old child comes to her and says, Oh, well, no, she goes to her nine-year-old child and she asks her nine-year-old child what they think about climate change. Uh, first, I want to say, why are you bothering your nine-year-old child with that? Your nine-year-old child does not need to have that kind of pressure and thought and worry on their mind. That's wrong to give it to a nine-year-old child. Not, not to mention the fact that you're giving her wrong information. What if the information was right? What if it was true? Is this the thing for a nine-year-old to worry about? No, it's not. So she goes to her nine-year-old child and says, what do you think about this? The world is on fire and we're all going to die soon. That was the nine-year-old's thoughts. And instead of saying, oh, no, don't worry. It's okay. You don't need to worry about that kind of thing. First, that's not true. The world is not on fire. She doesn't tell her, her daughter that. She says, how does that make you feel? That is a complete dimwit parent. That's not what to do when your child has irrational fears. You tell them the truth, first of all, which I don't think Katie Porter really knows, but she does know the earth isn't on fire. She knows that. Could she not inform her child that that's not true and they're not, we're not all going to die soon? But <clears throat> then, in answer to her dilemma, she thinks, I should ask Greta Thunberg, another child, at the time that this was done, Greta Thunberg had just turned 18. It was this last spring. Just turned 18. So Greta Thunberg is not a parent. She's a, this woman asking the question is a parent with three children, an adult with three children, a representative. <laughs> uh, but she's going to ask a, a girl who's just turned 18, never raised a child herself. And this same girl has had all kinds of depression issues. She was not able to eat at one point because she was so depressed and worried when she was a young child about climate change because her parents obviously were dimwits as well and gave her all this worry and concern to the point where she was physically ill over the worry of it. Then, in order to remedy the problem, Greta just started, and, and obviously with the help of her parents, started going out into the public and being an activist um, against climate change. Now, if they want to look up the truth of climate change and even that phrase itself, years ago, it was global cooling. The world is going to freeze and we're all going to die. Then that obviously wasn't happening. Then it was going to be population, you know, population was going to overtake the earth and there was not going to be enough food for everybody. Well, that didn't happen either. Well, then it was global warming because obviously the cooling thing didn't work, right? Now global warming. Now the, everybody's going to die. There, there are people in the legislature who are saying in 20 years we're all going to be dead because of climate change, right? 
well, okay, so the cooling didn't work and the warming didn't work. So now they changed it to climate change. Now it's climate change that's the problem, right? It is dimwit parenting to not inform yourself and to keep your child from having all of those kinds of worries, your elementary school child from having all those kinds of worries. It is additionally dimwit parenting to go to another child and ask them how to deal with a parenting issue. You don't go to children and ask them for parenting advice. That's not what you do. <laughs> so for all of those reasons, uh, Greta Thunberg being, by the way, has zero, uh, zero credibility as far as environmental things at all. She has all these ideas and things that have been propaganda that's been put into her head and she's well known for it. So that gives her credibility, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But that's why this representative, Katie Campbell, I have to stamp her definitely a dimwit parent. And so don't follow in her footsteps. Let's learn from this. <laughs> Okay, so let's go on to something better. I want to show you this darling dad. He is teaching his children responsibility. He's teaching his children that they are not oppressed. He's a black man and he is saying, this isn't true. He's talking to a school board about uh, critical race theory and giving an example of himself as being someone who has experience in being a black American. So let's listen to what he has to say. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours and I check into hotels, and I fly commercially, and I walk into retail establishments, and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity, and respect, literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things, their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. That is all. My children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There is simply no point in doing that to our children. And putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism. It's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. 
Let racism die the death it deserves, and let's keep living the life of the country that we are. Thank you. Wow. Was he a darling or what? I loved the way that he said, my children are not victims, and then he said, well, they are victims of their own behavior, their own decisions, their, what they do to themselves, that's the only victimhood they have. I thought that was a really good point. I just love that guy, and I don't know his name. If you know his name, you know, put that in the comments below. I'd love to know, uh, what he, you know who he is, um, but I'm definitely going to stamp him a darling parent. Okay, well, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. And remember, please subscribe. I need to get some more subscribers going on my channel here because it's new. And I'd really appreciate that. And don't forget also about my book. Um, I will put a link in the description below if you would like to get that. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Parents, we can win this. Hey.